In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. is I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Ladies, this is the show that's here to give you stories of hope and healing from someone who has been there, someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of the trauma of her early years, she went on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus, she's a virtuous woman who can help you find that woman in your life. Don't let the weight of this world or things that happen to you control your life. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, here is your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hey, people. Welcome back to our show. I am so happy to be back on the air. I hope you're happy to be listening again, to hear my wonderful voice. I don't get to hear your voices, and sometimes I miss, I miss the thought of that, you know, that I wish that this could be a little more interactive, but... I'm glad to be back on the air, and we really enjoyed our little mini vacation. Um, some of you contacted me during that vacation, and you were trying to figure out why you couldn't find a current podcast for the show, and I apologize that I did not get to tell you uh, we would be off the air live for approximately two weeks. That was um, poor timing, I guess, on my part because I had it in my mind to tell you about it, but I got to talking like I usually do, and I just kept on talking and ran out of time. So I didn't get to tell you that we would be off the air. Um, we did have encores in, in the absence of live recording, and I'm glad to note that our listening numbers did not decrease over that vacation, but actually they increased. Um, and some of our highest um, hits, highest number of hits were on Christmas Day. And I was surprised by that. I just assumed that people would be, you know, busy with family and whatnot. And and I also know that you know there are people out there that are, are that are that don't have family that are in uh, bad situations and they don't have family and for whatever reason people they listened in um, through either the iTunes or the host page on Christmas Day and that was one of one of the highest number days that we had so that tells me that there are people who need this message regardless of what season it is. 
And more than anyone, I love to celebrate uh, the birth of Christ. I know that Christmas, uh, December is not the true month um, of his birth, but I do love to celebrate the season and commemorate his birth. But I was also very glad to see that regardless to the season, there are people who need this message and need this information. So we just give thanks and praise to the Lord that we have technology now that we can, you know, um, that we could, that we could still continue the show, even though it was on course. Okay. Um, so I'm glad to be back with you. I am encouraged to keep my focus. It's so important. I think that, that we as individuals do what God gives us to do. Don't worry about what the next person is called to do. Don't worry about uh, if you can do it like the next person or not, but to, to stay focused and to do what the Lord has called you to do. That's one of the things that we at Equipping the Saints Ministry are passionate about, is equipping the saints to do the things that they are called to do with confidence and with boldness, okay? And one of the things that the Lord has given me a passion for is to help others to heal and to overcome sexual abuse. Amen. I am starting, believe it or not, I am you know, it's funny because with Christ, it's like things are just an ongoing revelation. But I am starting to realize the magnitude of this mission and of this issue. The impact is worldwide and it is eternal. There's nothing more, more important or significant than eternity, people. Okay? So we are going to continue right where we left off before the break. And before the break, we were talking about deliverance. We were talking about overcoming and being set free from. That's what being delivered means, being set free from the residue, the effects, the aftermath of abuse. So we're going to jump right back in that same spot and we are going to continue talking about deliverance but this time we're going to be talking about deliverance uh, by renouncing and by confessing okay the way to overcome to be free from to be delivered from sin and by the way Abuse of sex is sin. It is a sin. Okay, to abuse what God created sex for is a sin. That covers a lot of territory, people. It's not simply or just someone raping someone. It is not just uh, pornography or it is not just... Um, you know, uh, child molestation, it covers a broad range of areas. The abuse of sex is sin. So to overcome it, to be from it, to be from, be free and delivered from the effects of it, one has to renounce it. 
You have to renounce it and you have to confess. You have to confess either your actions or renounce your actions or the actions of the perpetrator regardless of the source whether you were at fault whether someone else was at fault whether it was through your lineage or whether it was through that person's lineage or someone else's lineage you must renounce the violation that was done to you you must renounce the behaviors you may have indulged in to contribute to your being violated and renounce the sinful lifestyles of those who violated you that's just basically taking authority over it's not taking responsibility for if someone else violated you and you were not at fault it's not taking responsibility for but it is taking authority over those and the and the lifestyle of those that violated you renounce means to verbally publicly expose and turn from the behaviors or persons who violated you to to verbally disagree with to verbally talk against uh, put down put it in its proper place and perspective uh, call it what it is call it sin call it abuse call it an attack call it what it is to renounce means to verbally verbally <laughs> verbally publicly publicly doesn't have to mean like what I'm doing on the radio station it doesn't have to mean that you go on the air somewhere and you you know tell someone that you were abused who knows that may end up being something that God has you do like I'm doing but publicly means to tell more than yourself it means to tell others it means to speak it out verbally this this cannot be something that you simply rehearse in your mind it cannot be something that you simply talk to yourself about and tell yourself that it was wrong what they did to me or you know I'm hurt because of what they did to me or even try to rationalize why they did it to me in your mind no these this is something that you have to verbally expose and speak against whether it was like I said your actions or someone else's actions whether you were responsible partly responsible or not responsible whether even if you had no fault at all you still need to verbally publicly expose this violation why because the scriptures tell us that life and death are in the power of the tongue you can't just think it 
You must speak it out. You must renounce it. And the more you do that, the more you gain power over and take authority over the, the situation and the spiritual implications and the emotional implications that it will have in your life. And I think that it is time for a break. <laughs> Coming up real soon, any second. Uh, I'm getting cues here, so... I think we will have to come back after the break, people. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Liberty Christian Center, located in Box Elder, South Dakota. They are a non-denominational, Bible-based, Holy Spirit-led deliverance ministry. Pastor Charles and Romika White, Liberty Christian Center. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Thank you for that commercial break from uh, uh, my husband. My husband, Mr. Christopher and Minister Jones, uh, created that little commercial for me. So I just wanted to give him a special thanks. And I forgot to tell you people that, yes, I am drinking my tea tonight. And I am sipping one of my new favorites. This is a tea that I found uh, at Capital Teas. They are a fifth-generation fine tea merchant, and they tell us to stop and smell the teas. And I am sipping my roasted almond, and it is one of my new favorites. So I hope you're sipping your tea. You know the deal. 
you know the drill, even though I forgot to say it. By this point, <laughs> ooh is right. <laughs> By this point, you're supposed to have your feet up. You are supposed to be kicking back and you are supposed to be soaking in the spiritual food. Okay? So, where were we? We were talking about renouncing. And we were talking about confessing. Confessing means to speak out. Okay? So, you must tell someone. If you have been violated, if you have been sexually abused, you must tell someone. You must cry out. You must expose the violation, the sin for what it is. Okay? Don't try to dress it up. Don't try to suppress it. I realize that we all have to do this in our own timing. I can't tell you when, but I can tell you that you're going to have to do that. I can tell you that in order for you to be uh, victorious over this thing and, and this, this trauma that has occurred to you, that you will have to get to that point at some time. Don't try to deny it or explain it away. Just like confession of faith and belief in Jesus Christ is vital to salvation, so is it vital to getting delivered from the effects of sexual violations. Why? Like I said, life and death are in the power of the tongue. The scriptures tell us in James that the tongue is, is, is powerful. Okay, it can be it can be full of deadly poison or it can speak life. It can speak life. So when you declare things with your mouth, with your words, you are either, you know, speaking life into a situation or you are speaking damnation into a situation. Um, and it's it's just, that's why it is vital to overcoming um, I am strongly, strongly opposed, and I believe God is also opposed to the idea of maintaining relations, cohabitating, forcing a victim, whether child or adult, to reside with their abuser or abusers. I'm strongly opposed to this. This is nothing but confusion. It causes nothing but confusion in the, the, the emotions and in the spirit of the person who has been victimized. For them to try to process and for them to try to understand and for them to try to put into perspective these extended relationships when there has been no acknowledgement when there's been no acceptance of responsibility, when there's been no repentance even, then, then it is uh, an insult on top of an insult to expect that person to continue and for them to try to continue to have a quote-unquote normal, healthy relationship with their abuser or their abusers. It's confusion. 
It will prolong the agony, the emotional, and possibly the physical and spiritual damage that is being done to the victim. I, people have called me. I have counseled people concerning this issue where young, young people, young ladies are still having to live in the home with someone who has molested them, a stepfather, uh, a, a father even, uh, where the mom has denied the incident or is knowledgeable of it. I've even seen it on some of these talk shows where the mom is knowledgeable of it, but has chosen to continue to stay with the perpetrator where there has been no resolution of the matter. And I don't mean resolution as far as, okay, it's been exposed, but that's it. That's not resolution. That's not resolution for the child, the victim, the person who has to continue to live with and look at this person day in and day out and try to understand why, why you did this to them, why this was done to them, and why mama doesn't seem to care, why mama seems to love the perpetrator more than me. That is confusion. And it is insult upon insult. It's trauma upon trauma. It will also prolong and possibly prevent the, the, the deliverance from ever happening. This could keep the person from ever being free from this emotional and psychological uh, abuse that accompanies the physical abuse. I have talked with women and have been told about women who do this and have found that they are still bound and defeated in their emotions and thought patterns because of a twisted loyalty to their abusers. I know of women who still say that they have a close relationship with mom, who they still hang out and socialize and stuff with mom when mom never apologized, admitted, came to their rescue. And I can see how these women are, are like cyclic. They, they, they go in cycles as far as, as far as trying to deal with what happened to them. How there's this, this kind of codependency on mom for affirmation and approval, but there's also this kind of resentment like this love-hate sort of thing that's going on and that speaks to exactly what I'm talking about it's confusion it's confusion people loyalty is not a normal response to abuse I'm gonna say that again loyalty is not a normal response to abuse what it is it is the result of a soul tie that needs to be broken, even if it's mom. Even if it's mom, even if it's dad, that soul tie needs to be broken in order for you to be set free. There has to be some sort of repentance, not some sort of, there has to be repentance, meaning a turn from the action, an acknowledgement of the sin and the violation, and a turn from the action. And I'm not just talking about uh, psych, 
uh, psychiatric or uh, therapeutic as far as counseling. I'm not just talking about that because to me that's temporal. That may help. I'm not against it. I had therapy myself. I'm not against it, but I'm talking about spiritual. I'm talking about being set free spiritually and being born again because that's eternal. That's forever. You can't rely on the, the first, uh, the first uh, uh, what did I just call that? The first methods that I just named. You can't rely on those forever. But what Christ can do for a person and in setting them free and delivering them, that is eternal. That can, that can be eternal. If they, if they want it, that will be eternal. Okay. So that kind of loyalty is, a, is, is the result of a soul tie that needs to be broken. These soul ties may be with the abuser. And in the case of incest, also with the extended family members who aided and abetted your abuse. Mothers are often key figures where this response is concerned. And I'm telling you, if there has not been repentance, if there has not been an, an acknowledgement, if there has not been a sincere apology and a turn from that behavior... It is confusion to try to continue to walk in that relationship. Now, where it gets tricky, it, it gets tricky because the Bible also tells us to honor our mother and father, you know, that the, the days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God gives us. And I think that there is a strategic and God will give you spiritual insight on how to do that how to honor to the point that is required of you because the scriptures also tell us to honor, to give honor where honor is due. And if this parent is not due that type of honor because of, of this blatant um, sin and wickedness that they're continuing to walk in, then I believe God will give you the, the know-how. I don't think that that means that you have to be chummy-chummy with this person. I know it doesn't mean that you have to be chummy-chummy with this person, that you have to do lunch and you have to do, you know, tea and, and be at their every beck and call. I, I just, I don't believe that because the scriptures tell us that this is confusion. <laughs> we talked about in Leviticus, I believe it was, uh, kind of early on in the beginning of the show, we talked about how the Bible says that it is confusion, all the different sexual sins and the abuse of sex, fornication, adultery, incest, how, how it was all confusion. So we have to rightly divide the word and not expect that someone would just overlook all of that and go with the flow. Okay, so in most cases of incest, the family members are just as responsible for the abuse as the one who actually committed the act. Directly or indirectly, they bear responsibility. Yes, they do, people. Yes, they do. Be back after break.
Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Equipping the Saints Ministries. Our mission is to equip and mature the people God calls to do the things they are called to do with confidence and boldness and to create soldiers for the army of the Lord and to impact our communities. If you are not local, you may participate via conference calls or we can make information available to you via email. Equipping the Saints Ministries is home-based in Maryland. You may write to us at Post Office Box 1616, Clinton, Maryland, 20735. Or email us at vir2us1 at verizon.net. Thank God I am Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hey there, we're back from another commercial break, and right where we left off, I'm going to repeat that last statement. In most cases of incest, the family members are just as responsible for the abuse as the one who actually committed the act. I know I'm speaking to somebody tonight. I know I'm speaking to somebody. I know someone has been wrestling with these issues They have been pondering these issues. They have been struggling in this area. You have been struggling trying to figure out if you would be right, if you would be wrong, if it's uh, overreacting for you to want nothing to do with your family, uh, your extended family. And I'm here to tell you, in most cases of incest, the family members are just as responsible for the abuse as the one who actually committed the act. Can't say in all cases, but I'm saying in most cases. 
directly or indirectly they bear responsibility God created the family unit in that unit there is supposed to be uh, honoring respecting loving looking out for tending to one another when the key figures in your family are doing their own thing you know living a life uh, of sin living a life full of uh, fulfilling the lust of the flesh and that doesn't just mean sexually but every other way where alcohol drugs work um, all any any and everything that can distract you from being a good mother a good father uh, being nurturing being the protector being the provider when any of those things are not taking place like they're supposed to then you are also responsible and when you turn and look the other way when the signs and the symptoms are there and you turn and look the other way and you choose not to ruffle any feathers because you don't want to offend anybody I remember because of my own abuse and because of what had happened in my life when I was raising my daughter who was now 27 I was protective I did not let her go and spend the night with friends until she was I believe in her teens um, and even then I was cautious because the, the one time that I do remember letting her do it I still found out that I couldn't trust that mother the mother actually the mother of her friend actually lied to me and told me that she was gonna be home and she wasn't she wasn't when I went to go look for my daughter but when she was younger and when she was a child I didn't trust her to go stay with relatives spend the night with relatives because I knew that it didn't mean nothing just because family was family that didn't mean anything the, the Jesus even tells us in scripture who is my mother who is my brother and he said those that do the will of my father those that are godly you know those those are the people that become your true family and and that is quantitative that you have, you have to qualify that I'm not talking about people that just say that they're Christians I'm talking about people that are sold out who've been born again and who walk the walk and talk the talk but you can't trust your children to just anybody I don't care if they are family this is why it is so common for them the mother the wife or the relative to deny the offense has happened when it is exposed why do you think they do that instead of helping the victim out of the situation they often deny it there could be different reasons for that it could be because they don't want to face the reality of the situation but that still makes them just as responsible as the perpetrator it could be because they know it's a reality and they don't want to accept responsibility but that still makes them just as responsible as the perpetrator because their responsibility was to protect you to look out for you to, to, to put you first um, I don't advocate parents putting their children before you know a mother putting her children before uh, a, a husband in normal situations 
because the husband is the head and the wife is to be submitted to the husband and then they together are to nurture and care for the children but in a case of, of abuse in a case where things are out of order and not being done according to God's spiritual order then it becomes your responsibility to protect that child to protect that victim so this is why it is so common for them the mother the wife or the relative to deny the offense has happened instead of helping the victim out they want to deny it they often even turn on the victim how twisted is that if that's not confusion tell me what is somebody tell me what if that's not confusion what is confusion where they will take out their anger and animosity on the child and say that the child was dressing in a provocative manner you know even an eight-year-old child or a child was being fast somehow they they reduce the situation and blame it on the child so that they can continue to disown responsibility so that they continue to hold on to that man because they in effect are actually victims too you know they have been uh, that 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 spirit of manipulation and control and witchcraft that's operating in that person has has taken control over them too and convinced them that they need that individual at any cost okay the bible says this is confusion the bible says where there is confusion there is every evil work god is not the author of confusion satan is satan is the master he's the master at causing confusion he's the master at blurring the lines he's the master at trying to make gray areas when they when situations should be black and white there are situations these types of situations are black and white there's not an in-between it doesn't matter if he's the provider if it, do, it doesn't matter if he's paying the bills <laughs> it doesn't matter because the damage the dam the resultant damage of staying in that situation is far is far greater than you you relying on someone to help you pay your bills the damage is generational the damage goes on for generations destroys homes destroys people's lives this is more than you know talking about provision here God is able to take care of you. God is he said he would supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. If you are stepping out on of that situation because of something like this, God is able to supply and to take care of your needs. It's worth it. It's worth uh, you know, being poor for a minute if that's what you got to do. It's worth it to be poor monetarily than to be poor spiritually 
uh, as far as being spiritually wounded and broken and never knowing who you are and that child never getting to know who that they are or who they were meant to be in Christ. This resultant confusion allows the spiritual assault to continue for years, even generations to come. In Genesis, the Lord God asked Cain a question. Cain was the son of Adam and Eve. They had two sons, um, Cain and Abel. Cain killed his brother out of jealousy, out of jealousy and, and pride. And he, came, he killed his brother because God favored Abel's offering and sacrifice more than he did Cain's. So God asked him, where is your brother? You know, after Cain killed him, you know, he thought, he thought like so many people, that he could hide his sin, that nobody would know, <laughs> that God didn't even know. That's what pride does. Pride, you know, pride is deceptive. And it makes you think like, think you get stuck on stupid. You know, you, you, you start thinking and doing crazy stuff. Cain answered with the question. He answers God with the question, am I my brother's keeper? Well, the answer was yes. Yes, the answer was Cain was supposed to look out for his brother. So are we as human beings to look out for and protect each other. This is especially true in the family unit. If the family is destroyed for any reason, the ones in it are automatically subject to violations of all kinds. This unit was put in place for a reason. It was never God's intention for it to be a, a, a place of hell and torment. It was never, that was never the purpose. And so many have basically disowned the idea of a family, of a husband and a wife and a family because of families that have, are so dysfunctional. But you don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Two wrongs don't make a right. You don't denounce family and marriage because other people have failed at marriage and have, you know, destroyed their families. That's not the answer. What is the answer? <laughs> the answer is through Jesus Christ finding restoration of all these things of family, of relationships, of soul and spirit, of mind and body, through in Jesus Christ. I'll be back after the break. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. The Story of Me is a captivating and inspiring account of a woman able to overcome incest, abuse, and neglect to find a second chance at happiness. It is a story for those who have loved and been rejected, who have dreamt and fallen short, who have survived abuse, 
molestation, rape, or incest. The story of me is very inspirational for those who may see or find themselves in Diane Jones's story. You may purchase your copy of the story of me online at www.authorhouse.com or any of the major bookstores. Innovation and insight, problems and solutions, capitalizing on your ideas and efforts. That's all a part of Changing the World One Invention at a Time with Rick Rowe. Thursday evenings at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Rick will be sharing stories of innovation, invention, inspiration, and overcoming obstacles with guests who have been there, done that, and are doing that. Rick will be asking the right questions, helping you identify the real problems, and showing you how to act on your ideas by increasing consumer confidence, and more importantly, increasing your confidence to act on your ideas. For even more information, go to thinktech, that's T-E-K, globally.com. Then join us as Rick and his guests teach us how to develop new ideas and create new products, new businesses, new jobs. And together, let's get our economy growing again. It's changing the world one invention at a time. With author and inventor Rick Rowe. Thursday evenings at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. I am reminded of a recent situation And as I was preparing for this show tonight and reviewing my notes, it kind of, it kind of was, well, it's not coincidental, but I found it to be interesting that this, this situation that happened only about two weeks ago was so consistent with what I was going to be talking about tonight. And I say that because a lot of times, you know, we will be, we will be as Christians, you know, especially if you have a mission or an assignment or work to do for the Lord, you will be challenged. You will be, um, the, the enemy will try to hinder you. He will try to, he will, he will send attacks your way through situations, through circumstances, through people even to try to prevent you from doing that assignment, you know, from staying on course and just about two weeks ago, I had, I had a relative call me, and this relative was very aware of, of my history, um, of all the things that happened in, in my life, you know, the sexual abuse, the physical abuse, the foster care, <laughs> the failed first marriage, the fact that I'm in ministry now, the show that we're doing now, very knowledgeable about all these things and has at times been very, um, has at times been supportive 
of the growth, of the process, of the changes that I've gone through to get to where I'm at now. Well, then all of a sudden, this person calls me and begins to verbally attack me, attack my ministry, attack me as a minister, all but cursed me out. Just didn't use curse words, but as far as actions went, cursed me out because I don't have a close relationship with my extended family. Uh, primarily, I'm speaking of on my, on my father's side, the side of my abuser. And it was really kind of hard for me to grasp where they were coming from because I was like, well, you act like all this is new all of a sudden. What, like, what happened? Like, what, why all of a sudden have you turned this around and basically made me the enemy? Tried to make me feel guilty, said I was cold. You know, you're supposed to be a Christian. How are you supposed to be a Christian when you're cold and you don't love your family? And this had nothing to do with me not loving my family because as far as, um, how should I say, as far as uh, that kind of love, and respect goes, I, I do love, I mean, I do acknowledge that that's my family and I love them. And it's not about not having love in my heart for them, but it is about what I'm talking about tonight. I don't have a sense of loyalty to, uh, I don't have a common bond with, we don't have those things in common that a family should have in common. So I don't have a close relationship with them anymore. That came about as a result of my book coming forward, uh, beginning to talk about publicly and openly what happened. There was no acknowledgement from these people that she's referring to, this relative was referring to. There was no acknowledgement from these people that anything that I had the right to be upset or tell my story. There was no acknowledgement of actions on their part in any way, shape or form for the way our family turned out. Even the abuse that happened to my father as a boy. So it, it was interesting that this is exactly what I was going to be talking about in this show. <laughs> I'm not cold. I'm delivered though. I don't have that twisted sense of loyalty where I need to be loyal to people who are not loyal to me, who are not loyal to the Lord. Um, not according to scripture anyway, you know, not according to, according to scripture, you know, we're supposed to confess our sins and God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And we're supposed to confess our faults one with the other, you know, and if you have sinned against your brother or your sister, you're supposed to go to, to them and try to be reconciled to them before you continue to try to, you know, uh, live your life for Christ. He doesn't accept your, your, your false worship. If you've got sin and obstacles and things in your life. He doesn't accept it. So according to scripture, there's things that have to be done for reconciliation to take place before God will even honor your worship. Okay. 
So when there is no repentance or not even an acknowledgement of the violation in a family, there can be no healthy relationship. And you know what? This was a process for me. This took some time for me to get to this point. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't, you know, it, it, it didn't happen overnight. Actually, I, start, I sat down and I started thinking about how many people, you know, where, where I began to open up, where I began to confess, where I began to speak and talk about my life and my situation. And I, I came up with a little list of how many different people I told before I got to the point where I could tell it like I'm telling it now. I'm going to try to get back to that, that little list just to show you the tenacity that you have to have. Just to show you that telling it one time may not be enough. I can almost assure you that it won't be enough. Okay? Um, but fortunately, back to this situation that just occurred a couple of weeks ago, fortunately for me, the Lord had already prepared me through dreams I was having dreams, and in these dreams, there were, uh, there, was, there, were, there were attacks taking place, verbal attacks against me. Uh, in one of the dreams in particular, the verbal attack was so strong that I had a hard time even speaking. I had a hard time even praying. I was trying to, to, to speak back to this person, and my words wouldn't come out. And then I began to pray in the spirit. I began to pray in tongues and then it was like my words began to come out forcibly and then I began to overtake this person in my dream and I began to back them into a corner instead of them backing me into a corner. So fortunately before these attacks came, I had been forewarned and the Lord was showing me the attacks coming and he spoke to my spirit and said, do not let anyone bait you. Do not let anyone, you know, uh, put something in front of you and, and cause you to go for it and suck you in, draw you in to the trap. And I was telling my husband tonight, I said, that's so funny because I've been delivered from that, from that sense of obligation, from that sense of loyalty, from that sense of uh, duty or guilt towards those type of people. But the enemy wanted to put me right back where I've been delivered from. He will try to do the same thing to you. People will try to convince you that you are the one who's got the problem or that you are not being forgiving. It has nothing to do with forgiving. What I'm talking about right now has nothing to do with forgiving. I have forgiven and that is a whole different process but even after forgiving if there has been no change on the part of the perpetrators and even the extended family involved in that situation you cannot afford to stay in that pit you cannot afford to do that so I'm telling you 
The enemy will try to bait you. He will try to draw you back. When you take two steps forward, he will try to draw you back, take you back five steps. He will try to put you back in that place so that others can continue to lord over you. Remember earlier in the show, I talked about how the spirit behind sexual abuse is the same spirit behind witchcraft because it is also manipulation. It is also control. It is also... It includes lust, but people with that type of spirit want to lord over. They want to abuse. They will strip you. They will violate your emotions as well as your physical being. So you have got to tell, tell, tell. You have got to expose your enemy. Do not feel guilty about this. Do not let the enemy make you feel guilty about this. Do not maintain the secret. The emotional ties or be emotionally blackmailed by anyone who insists on this type of loyalty. All it does is continue the cycle. All it does is keep you in bondage. In order to be delivered, you must renounce, you must confess, you must tell. Tell family, tell friends, tell a teacher, tell the law, tell someone. Tell, confess it, renounce it. The first person I remember telling was my mom. My mom betrayed me. She didn't help me. I told an auntie. I don't remember that being remarkable because she was young. She was like my age and there was nothing really that she could do or say. I later told my boyfriend. He betrayed me. He told my secret. I later told a friend when I became an adult. She was like, ah, so what? It's life. Get over it. Finally, I ended up in therapy. The therapist was sympathetic and understanding. I told my new husband when I met him. He was sympathetic, understanding, and then protective. Finally, the Lord got me to the place where I was talking about it in women's meetings, telling my testimony and doing what I'm doing now. It's a process, but it works, people. Confess it. Be back next week. Love you. 